Is your team converting to a hybrid model? Or do you have the opportunity to work remote? Or are many of your teammates heading back to the office? With these shifts, there are very specific career questions you should be asking yourself if you still have career goals that you want to achieve. Let's jump into some areas you should consider. I'm JJ DiGeronimo, and I select each episode with you in mind, a working woman that wants to have more influence and impact than they have today. With insight and research, you can gain momentum, knowledge, and even tools to help you leap in the direction you desire. With each episode, you can visit the show notes where I include additional links, worksheets, and questions for podcast clubs. Let's get started. There are a plethora of articles, podcasts, and information on hybrid versus remote versus in-person. And I thought this would be a great time to really dive into some of the career questions you should be asking yourself as you're ending this year and moving on to a new year. Because as much as many of us love to work from the comfort of our home, There are career questions you should be asking yourself and things you need to be aware of. Now, of course, some of us do love to go into the office, but for many of us, we have an option or even our company has encouraged us to work from home. But with this, you really need to be cognizant of the professional landscape and how you're going to make your professional goals a reality. I was not surprised to see the research. 9% of the workforce wants to return to the office for a full five days a week. That was in CHG Healthcare Survey. And 81% of people who have been working from home through the pandemic either don't want to go back to work or prefer a hybrid schedule. That research is from the Harvard Business School. These and many other surveys highlight that working remote or hybrid is top of mind for employees but does not come without questions. Five things you should really think about as you pursue dynamic working environments. Number one, how much time do you really need to be in the office? Now, of course, this comes down to the type of manager you have, the employee expectation, the employer expectation, really knowing what is expected of you. Because for many places, they're still figuring this out But for you, if you have career goals, you need to really understand the lay of the land and what is expected of you. You don't want to find out two, three, eight months later that they wanted you in the office three days a week and you were only there two days a week. So how much time do you really need to be in the office? Number two, how will a hybrid, remote, or in-person model impact your career path? I found an article in BBC, which I'll include in the show notes which you can find at jjdgeronimo.com forward slash 22, why in-person workers may be more likely to get promoted. Now, of course, this is not a surprise. If people see you, you often are more top of mind. So that encourages you to be on video on your Zoom. I know it's not really great to have to get ready every morning, especially if you only have two calls or three calls, but honestly showing up where people can see you does make a difference. So even if you're not in the office hardly at all, it's really great to show up visually so people can connect your voice to a visual. And oftentimes that creates more 
top of mind activity when projects come up or possible promotions or opportunities. So thinking about whatever model you select or is pushed upon you, how is that going to impact your career path? Number three, do I have enough discipline to work in my career and on my career? Now, as I highlighted in episode 16, there is a difference between working in your career and on your career. With this, you need to be cognizant that just because you complete your tasks that are given to you or you self-assign, are you really fostering where you want to take your career? Are you networking? Are you connecting with people that can help open doors and create opportunities for you? Are people aware of your accomplishments? Do they know where you're making impact? Because they're not going to physically see you maybe as much as they used to. And you may not have the opportunity to have those hallway conversations or impromptu meetups. So you really need to be sure that you're both working in your career and on your career. Number four, can you participate at the level you want to in the model you select? So whether you're remote, hybrid, or in-person, are you participating? Do people know the value and information you can share? The insights, the knowledge, the impact. These are all really critical questions you should be asking yourself. Because if you feel like the model you're in is stifling your contribution, you need to be creative in the way that you engage and how you share information. In fact, I was just on a call with a woman two days ago that was saying, you know, our current meetings go so fast, I really don't get to contribute. So I suggested, you know, you should send an email either before to the meeting manager or after highlighting some of the things that you did not get to say. It's going to be a lot harder for you to champion yourself and your work if you're remote from the team. And for many of you that have been remote your whole career, you know that sometimes out of sight, out of mind. So how are you participating and are you participating at a level you want in the model you are in? And number five, is the culture a good fit for this type of arrangement? And are your career goals possible? We have to be really honest with ourselves. Just because we're pushed into a framework or a model or a working arrangement, it might not be well suited for our skill set, the way we want to participate, and it might stifle our career goals. So even though it might be a good short-term fix because it's flexible and gives you the ability to get multiple things done in a day, and maybe you're cutting out commute time, are you really in a culture that can foster opportunities for you to achieve your career goals? These are just five questions you should be asking yourself, especially if you have professional goals that are important to you. Yes, it is great to have opportunities and flexibility, but you do often have to think about how you're still going to make your goals a reality. And working in your career is very different than working on your career. And if your participation model and engagement model changes, you often have to alter your plan and shift your strategy. So join me next to some of the things employers are thinking about as they're moving to these new models. While there are benefits and unknowns, many employers are working to understand the potential long-term impacts and dynamics of hybrid, remote, and in-person workforce. And many of it relates to team dynamics, back-end operations, and preferential treatment for in-person employees. 
Even with some known peaks in productivity and the ability to hire more remote talent, the effects on innovation, coworker camaraderie, and career advancement will still need new strategies, new approaches, and new levels of awareness. If you are a leader or executive, these are some of the questions that have been surfacing on the boards that I'm on and advisory councils I participate in. Number one, how do leaders maintain a level playing field for hybrid, remote, or in-person employees? Number two, how do leaders shift their mindset and actions to manage different workforces effectively? Now, many of you may be thinking, what do you mean? We're all still working for the same company on different teams, but unfortunately, our subconscious does prioritize some particular actions more than others. And if you start to shift the teams where they're working from and how they participate, you may potentially have challenges on how you manage, monitor, and assess their productivity and contributions. So being aware of your mindset and some of the things that you may be telling yourself or how you are assessing different employees is something you should pay attention to as a leader. Number three, how do leaders avoid favoritism based on a certain level of participation? Yes, it will happen. It's almost inevitable. But being a leader is about not only assessing and working and empowering the people that work on your team, but also being incredibly aware of how you talk to yourself, what you say when different people come in the room, inside your head? How are you judging, managing, assessing the people on your team? Unfortunately, often how we manage and assess and judge ourselves, we project that on the people on our teams. So really being aware of how you are interpreting participation Is there favoritism? Do you prefer a specific working model? As a leader, you need to be aware of these things so that you can keep the playing field level and it really starts in shifting your mindset, which means you have to be aware of what you're currently thinking and shift it based on how the teams and models are changing in the organization. With this, number four is how do you foster an inclusive culture? It is really going to be up to the leader to take the lead and ensure they engage all employees equally as often as possible, making sure that people that are more quiet in meetings are speaking up and finding different ways to engage your team. If Zoom only works for two or three people and other people are great with video or without video, or maybe you meet up once a month, there has to be a strategic way of creating inclusive environments and cultures that allow you to get the most, not only from your team, but also encouraging participation so that you can achieve and foster the energy and level of participation and output you desire as a leader. Number five, how do you keep information exchange flowing? Oftentimes we did this with paperwork, PowerPoints, whiteboards. How are you doing that now? Because for many of us, when you change the way we engage, you often have to change the flow of how we exchange information. And number six, do you as a leader encourage collaboration and contribution while dynamics vary? So much of this initial evolution is going to be based on the leaders, the team heads, way you engage people online and in person. 
And I think for many of us, we often think, oh, it'll just happen naturally. But you really do need to cultivate a culture that supports hybrid, remote, and in-person because many organizations are already seeing there's two people in the office and six people online or vice versa. And how are you really cultivating the conversation, the information exchange, and the support of each other so that you can get the most out of the team while still creating a culture that's positive, engaging, and supportive? In addition to these questions, you have to keep in mind that many of your employees are still aspiring to propel in their career, recognizing the importance of executive visibility, access to mentors and sponsors, and alignment to projects that help cultivate their skill set. So if you have teams that are aspiring individually to create more momentum in the career, make sure you encourage them to visit episode eight, why you need mentors and sponsors, or episode number six, strategically sharing your accomplishments. I think for many of us, we are still going to have to figure out how to participate at new levels in these new organizations. And there's going to be some challenges and sometimes obstacles. And leaders are just as eager to make this work as the employees. So be sure that you work together on many of these fronts. With this, I'm going to wrap up just a few points that both the employee and the employer should consider to make this a fruitful experience for both. And especially if you have career aspirations and you're falling into new models of participation and engagement. If you're listening to this thinking, oh my gosh, this is too much. I need to be inspired. I need something that's going to fuel me from the inside out. You're not alone. A few years ago, I was feeling I was missing my joy and I wasn't really aligning the things that empowered me and made me feel inspired. So with this, I've brought some of the most amazing practitioners I've met over the last five years to join all of us in a community for women interested in digging deep, releasing the guilt and aligning with what they know is true. With tools, practices and insights, I've created a safe place to tap into your inner knowing that will help you rediscover your light and align with your gifts. If this interests you, come check it out and join us at Together We Seek. You can find the link in the show notes at jjdgeronimo.com forward slash 22. See you there. Now, for many of you in fields where you've been remote your whole career, some of this is just what you've had to learn, but things have shifted a little bit. We're not always showing up at so many in-person meetings quarterly or even kickoffs as we're used to. And so there's a lot of things you need to be considering. How often you're showing up, how people recognize you, do they know the work that you're focused on? And with so many unknowns, it's going to take time, patience, and focus on both sides, employee and employer. So if you're a leader, executive, or employer, the employee-employer dynamic is shifting. Getting a jumpstart on these new dynamics of managing, supporting, and engaging can be a corporate differentiator while retaining and attracting talent. Although the shifts are substantial, seeking to understand why remote or hybrid is desired and what scenarios are possible can create opportunities for the organization and employees. And if you are the employee or team lead, you are part of the solution. There are trade-offs and opportunities in new engagement models. Being part of the team impacts the information you receive, the relationships you develop, and the opportunities you participate in. 
Being hybrid, remote, or in-person for long terms will require new levels of effort as an employee. With this, it's essential that you work to stay engaged in the team, the dynamics, and the momentum. As being a hybrid or remote worker more often, it will take extra effort on your side to develop the relationships, get the access, share your accomplishments that fuel your career goals. While embarking on this next generation workforce requires new processes, new engagement models, and new expectations, you also have to shift your mindset. And for many things that change, it starts with from within first. So be sure to share your feedback, share your ideas, create open forums, make sure that the talent you've invested in is invested in the long-term goals of the organization. Because for many of us, assuming that it's working for most can really come back to bite you. Because as you probably have seen, many people are looking to change jobs, change organizations, change teams, and it takes a lot of effort to get the right talent in the right seats. So if you have fantastic talent or talent that's really pushing the ball forward and working, taking time to invest in that talent now will serve you for years to come. And this is a hybrid approach, not only in the way people are working, but the way people are engaging and how you're going to have to update your operations, your engagement models, and your evaluation process. So I'm wishing you a lot of luck. There's tons of opportunity to explore and find new ways to work together. And I appreciate you taking the time to meet me here. So be sure to check out the show notes. I've included an article on this topic that was published in Smart Business just last month. So you can download the article to discuss in your organizations, with your ERG groups, and even your executive leadership team. You can find that at jjdgeronimo.com forward slash 22. If you like this podcast and listen on Apple, be sure you rate it so that more people can find it. Thank you again, and I look forward to seeing you here next time.